I grew up in East London. My heritage is Bangladeshi. I'm third generation. My grandfather and my grandmother first came to England and uh, he actually fought during the World War II. He was actually my inspiration. My father was here from the age of 16. He started working from a very early age. And then I was born here. We used to live in a council flat in East London near Bethnal Green. I remember being really good at sports, so I used to play football with the boys, but I was very aware of my background and how my parents would react to me going out and playing football with the boys or taking part in sports out during summer uh, when the school was closed. So I know as soon as I turned a teenager, my mother wouldn't allow me to go out to the park. And I know the whole estate would be in the park, playing cricket, playing football. So there was a real community spirit. And I felt slightly left out at that point where I was growing to become a woman, I guess, in their eyes. I remember being fascinated by sports even at that age, four or five. I would flick through magazines and newspapers and be drawn to sports, in particular martial arts. And I remember growing up watching Bruce Lee and Muhammad Ali and I was so fascinated by their journey. They were so ahead of their time and they did sports. And it was, to me, it was that challenge, the fact that it took me away from all my other factors, stress factors in my life, the fact that I, I felt a little bit... The fact that I couldn't go out and play, say, football with my friends. I guess they were just being protective. They they just felt that I should be, you know, supporting my mum at home. Occasionally I could go out with my friends, but very rare. I would need a very good reason to go to my friend's house, for example. And it was just a very strict upbringing. And I guess that was quite normal back in those days where parents were very protective whereas the generation has changed dramatically now and 
I think it's it's made me the person that I am now and it's made me value many things in life. So I don't disapprove of how my parents have raised me. It's given me core values in life. So I'm very proud of the fact that they've allowed me to keep myself in check. I don't know why I was drawn to martial arts. I was good at most sports. And then when I saw an after-school kickboxing club, I, I thought I have to go because, A, I don't have any money, so I can't go along and join a class after, you know, school. So I just joined the one in the school. So I went along, and that was the first and the last session, so I was devastated. The coach, he noticed that I was particularly good. So he gave me his card and said, come along to my gym. So I went to his gym, and then... He was in the process of selling his gym to someone else and I thought, oh no. So I stood there and I, I was again, once again devastated. I had tears in my eyes and the new guy that was taking over, thankfully he happened to be another coach and he took me under his wing and he realised the fact that I was really passionate and he could relate to me in that sense. What it took for me to walk through those doors was more than anyone else because the fact that I was already restrained in some sense with my family background, with my cultural background, with my religious background, having being Muslim, I was quite in conflict in my mind whether to pursue this or not because I didn't want to go against my family values and my culture. So I battled in my mind for a while over this. I think he could really appreciate the fact that I was coming out my way to come along to this gym where it's male-dominated, hardcore men. And I was like a tiny female walking into the gym and he was just thinking, this can't be serious, she's not serious, she's just... He didn't know how to take me. And then I told him I want to be a fighter. I think I blew him away and he saw the fact that I had that strength, that inner strength in me to to not let things kind of pull me down. So I kept my sports secret from my family for approximately five years because I was afraid that they would ask me to, to kind of choose between kickboxing and them. So I was really afraid at that point to kind of disclose this information. I told them I'm going to the gym just to do a little bit of running, but I wasn't going into details where I was going. And what I did was I'd make sure I'd wake up extra early on a Sunday morning, help my mum with all the house chores so she'd be in a good mood. And then I'd ask very politely, mum, can I just go to the gym for like an hour? And then she would say, OK, fair enough. You've done everything at home. And um, she would allow me and every Sunday religiously I would visit the gym and I would avoid family functions, family weddings because they always took place on a Sunday. And I think my coach knew that. And I guess I was just so afraid to tell them um, due to the fact that I remember my younger brother was scouted for Arsenal when he was uh, 16. And my father said to him, education comes first. So I thought, well, if they're not going to allow their son to participate in sport, how the hell are they going to allow their daughter?
I did have an arranged marriage when I was in my final year at university so I studied architecture I was on my fourth year of doing my dissertation I remember proposal coming through and my family said well this is a really good proposal this guy seems really nice and I said well can this not wait can I just finish off my university dissertation and then we can think about this they didn't want to wait because his father was quite ill at the time and his father wanted to see him married. So I felt a lot of pressure in that sense. I managed to go to university. I managed to do my sport in that time, even though it was once a week. I was grateful for those opportunities. It could have been different. And I just wanted to do everything right by my parents. So... I did agree to this arranged marriage, but what it seemed like from the outside isn't what it was in the inside of the house. From the outside, they came across really modern, hence my family agreed, because I said to my father, I need a modern family, because that's not me. Even though I'm respectful, I'm quite a modern and independent person. And my father agreed with me, and... They did everything they can in order to find a nice modern family. But problem is people, what they say and what they do is two different things. So they wanted a modern daughter-in-law who was going to go out and work and earn money and support them. And then they wanted a traditional wife at home who was doing all the cooking, cleaning and everything else. And it's, it was just impossible to do both things. I expressed this to my family that there had to be some sort of compassion and a little bit of understanding that I can't go out and work in a highly stressful job and then come home to a highly stressful environment and mentally it just broke me down, I guess. Their sport was taking a back seat because of the demands that I had as a daughter-in-law and as a trainee architect at the time and then getting to know a new family. There's a little bit of feeling not self-worth because of how I was made to feel within the house. They wanted to be in control, so they was constantly making me feel worthless and it just took a toll on me eventually. Um, and I did... I, kept resisting that because I thought I'm a fighter you know I'm a I go into the gym where there's full of men and I do all of these things and I didn't put a step wrong and my family saw that which is why they were so understanding when I did eventually go for a divorce because in an Asian family you're scarred when you're divorced in that marriage I felt really trapped um, initially I was happy because I was excited and I was Wow, you know, I, um, my family always said to me, oh, when you're married, you can travel. When you're married, you can do this. You can wear those clothes. However, when you're a daughter-in-law, oh, God, you're even more trapped than you are as a daughter because they don't have that love and affection for you the same way your family did. The relationship is completely different. You're getting to know someone and whatever you say, they're not blood. They don't feel your pain. So I felt like I was on another job, trying to please everyone. My friends were saying to me, you need to accept this as your life. You know, you need to get this Western girl mentality because they saw me very modern in my outlook in life. 
And I decided, okay, I need to make this marriage work. So I need to accept this as my life. And the moment I did that, my body just broke down and I collapsed and I was hospitalized. And I remember that day vividly. And I thanked God because I felt like it was a blessing in disguise. And I went back to my spore and I thought God had planned it perfectly. Because that year of my life, I learned so much. And I thought, well, you know what? If I can gain some wisdom from that, then that's why I will take from this. It took me around three months once I came back to my family's home. The only way I could see myself recovering was through the sport. And that's the only thing I felt familiar with because I lost my identity at that point because I was broken down so much through this marriage. And I wanted my family support. I wanted my mum to give me her blessing. Hence, I travelled with my parents to East London. I said, can you just come somewhere with me? And then I took them to the gym. They had no choice. And at that point, they just wanted to see me see me well. They felt slightly guilty that I had an arranged marriage and they could have maybe had done a little bit more for me at that point. So they turned up to the gym and they just felt so reassured and saw the fact that, you know, I'm just there to train. It's a safe place. And then they just kind of... They didn't consent, but they didn't disagree either. They just gave me the silent consent. So I took that as a blessing and I just dived into the sport. A year later, I was selected for Team GB and at that point they were... They never discouraged me to compete but they were not physically or verbally supportive either. But I knew for them that was a massive step forward and I was so grateful for that. In those days, there was hardly any Western females taking part in a sport like that, let alone Asian, Bangladeshi, Muslim, petite young girl walking into a complete male-dominated gym. So I didn't judge the sport based on who trains in it. I judged the sport on what it gave me. And that's what I fell in love with. And my family, I'm so grateful that they understood that and supported me. There was one occasion where I had a conversation with my younger brother and my father happened to be in the car. And I said to him, you know what, I don't know what to do, whether to go for another world title for Thai boxing or to go into boxing completely. And it means I'm starting as a novice. It's another challenge. And it's given another couple of years of grueling hard work. And he said, you know what, we don't have a role model. We don't have an Asian female role model. And imagine what you can achieve And if you step into that ring and you're the voice, I would make a difference for so many people and reach out to so many young girls, boys, to follow their dream. People need to see more Asian faces or ethnic minority role models on TV so it gives them hope, it gives them a faith that anything is possible. 
and I guess that's what my story would kind of tell. Welcome back to the fourth series of Everyone Else. And thanks for tuning in. Today's speaker, Roxana, runs an all-ladies martial arts class in London on Sundays. If you too want to become a world-class fighter, look up K.O. Jin for more information about how to sign up. We've got lots of great photos from one of her sessions there, which you can see on our Instagram page, and keep updated on Twitter, both of which are on the handle at Everyone Studio. Thanks for checking back in on us, and make sure to keep listening. <laughs>